Welcome to The World in 10, the biggest stories of the day, explained and analysed by The Times of London, today with Alex Dibble and Cara Bentley. Money, morale and politics have all converged to put Ukraine potentially on the precipice. Vladimir Zelensky is not as popular as he used to be in Ukraine. Uh, trust in him has fallen from 84% to 62%, according to a poll by the Kiev International Institute of Sociology. And that's not all. Tension is growing between him and the head of Ukraine's armed forces, General Valery Zaluzhny. Yesterday, Zaluzhny criticised his president for firing regional military draft office chiefs. Zaluzhny is also enjoying 88% approval ratings among Ukrainians. And with that as the backdrop, if you like, President Zelensky has given his annual press conference in Kyiv. During the press conference, he admitted it had been a difficult year, but he said Ukraine was getting stronger every month and was fighting for its future. So Zelensky is under political pressure, but the military pressure is huge as well because Ukrainian troops are into another winter and the dial appears to be shifting towards their adversaries. Here's The Times' senior foreign correspondent, Anthony Lloyd, who's recently returned from the Ukrainian front line. The war escalated in February last year at a time when Ukraine had a regular army. That regular army has largely been annihilated now. There's a second wave army, which was volunteers with the survivors of the regular army. That army has been heavily degraded. We are now looking at an army increasingly of mobilized men. So you have got the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, people who are waiters in bars, people who are, you know, in shops now on the front line. That, of course, carries a different sense of motivation and a different sense of commitment. Russia's training capability allows it to put about 130,000 fresh troops in coherent formations into the field every six months. Mm. And the Estonian Ministry of Defence recently published a very good analysis of, of the war and noted that to break Russia's sustainability of manpower, the Ukrainians would need to kill or wound about 50,000 Russian soldiers every six months. At the moment, Russia probably has the upper hand. So if that's the case, is it worth it for the West to keep funding Ukraine? The former UK Foreign Secretary William Hague has written in The Times today arguing yes. And it's not just yes, it's yes without a doubt from him. Funding must be approved, he says. But that is what is now in question after the EU failed to come to a decision last week and the US Congress failed to come to a decision. Yes, this is very expensive, but it's more expensive for countries like ours if Ukraine loses the war, because then the defense expenditure you have to have in the future, the the cost of building up NATO's borders against Russia will be much greater than the cost of helping Ukraine now. So I think we need to focus minds on that because this is the biggest issue. In my view, this is the biggest one in foreign policy today. William Hague's view appears to be backed up by the Institute for the Study of War, uh, the US-based think tank. A report they've done has warned that if the US and Europe cut aid to Ukraine, Russia could conquer all of Ukraine, uh, bringing Russia right up to NATO's border from the Black Sea all the way to the Arctic Ocean. 
In his press conference, President Zelensky was hopeful, though. He said the White House and the US Senate knows how much Ukraine needs support, and he's confident the United States will not let them down. Still to come, we'll be looking at a clarification from the Catholic Church relating to homosexuality and the volcanic eruption in Iceland. First, though, if you listen to yesterday's World in 10, you'll have heard Toby and Lou mention an investigation The Times has done into ketamine, the drug. The investigation was nearly complete before it was revealed that Matthew Perry had died from ketamine poisoning. Today, the consequences of ketamine use were really brought home to us by Sally. Now, Sally spoke to Times Radio about her daughter, who is addicted to the drug and has suffered terrible damage to her bladder as a result. Her daughter is 19 and has become incontinent. Yes, she wears a, wears a nappy um, all day and all night. It's the most power. I cannot tell you how powerful the pull of this drug is. She's down to scary weight. 36 kilos was the last time she weighed, I weighed her, which is just frighteningly low. Um, she doesn't eat. She doesn't drink. She doesn't want to drink anything because she doesn't want to go to the toilet. Um, we got her into rehab three weeks ago. She was so desperate. And every time she's poorly... Really, I mean, to a point where she can't get up, she can't walk, she's stooped over like an old person, um, she's in constant pain. Every time she gets to that point where she's totally debilitated, she's crying and begging, Mummy, please help me, I can't stop. A big reason why young people first try ketamine is that it's cheap. It's about half the price of heroin, and music festivals can often be people's introduction to it. And for dealers, it is less risky because it's a Class B drug, so if they're caught selling it, the sentence is going to be shorter than if it was Class A. Uh, In the US, it is actually a Class C drug, or Schedule 3. The Catholic Church has had to issue a clarification following reports that uh, the Pope had approved the blessing of same-sex couples. The Church now says it will not be blessing the union, but rather the people. Now, the confusion stemmed from a document that allows priests to broaden the scope of spontaneous blessings to same-sex couples. It essentially says that gay couples who do not want to legitimise their relationship but who want everything that is good in their life and relationship to be enriched and healed can be blessed. And although the document says these blessings should not be promoted, it does mark another step away from a total avoidance of the issue. Now, Ruth Gledhill covered religious affairs for The Times for many years and she explains whether this will go further anytime soon. In this area, I suspect this is as far as he himself will go, but I think that what he's doing is he's changing the tone of the church. So he's quite limited in what he can do in terms of actual doctrine. And um, he would say he's not changing that, that the church and and his supporters would say he's not changing that, that the church would on homosexuality would still believe that while homosexuality itself is not sinful, acts, homosexual acts are. And he, he wouldn't, I think, be thinking about changing that. But what he's doing is changing the tone of the church. He's, so on women, for example, he would um, hasn't gone so far, much to people's, many people's regret, as suggesting that um, women should be ordained deacons, never mind priests. But he is 
promoting women to unprecedented levels of seniority right at the top there, right in the leadership roles. So he's changing the tone of the church. And I think that he, what he's doing is making real doctrinal change possible in the future. But it, I doubt very much it will be in his papacy. The blessings of same-sex couples will not happen in an official service. It'll be spontaneous, the document explains. It could happen in other contexts, such as a visit to a shrine, a meeting with a priest, a prayer recited in a group, or during a pilgrimage. On the Times website right now, there is some astonishing footage of the volcanic eruption in Iceland. Indeed, and and the reason we're not covering the story in more detail is that I think the real impact comes across in the images, which, as Cara was saying, are on the website. Uh, Also, from deadly lava and heat to potentially deadly cold in temperatures as low as minus 15 Celsius, uh, rescuers are trying to save people trapped after an earthquake in China. Uh, This was the moment a tremor rattled a restaurant. Finally, the president of World Athletics has criticised organisers of the Paris Olympics for what he says are the pretty lumpy ticket prices. For the track and field, the cheapest tickets still available are £170 or US$217, the most expensive, $850, more than $1,000. You can read more about that too with a digital subscription. That is it from us. Uh, Thank you very much for taking 10 minutes to stay on top of the world with the help of the Times of London. See you tomorrow. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.